Welcome to Chip Chat Conversations in the Cloud, a weekly podcast with IT leaders who are driving the future of a software-defined infrastructure-based data center. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you may be in the world. My name is Jake Smith, and welcome to another episode of Conversations in the Cloud. Today, I am joined by founder and CEO of Nimblebox AI, Anshuman Pandey. Welcome, Anshuman. Hi, Jake. Thank you so much for having me on the podcast. Oh, it's my pleasure. Anshuman, as we discussed, AI is changing the future of our industry, but Nimblebox is relatively new. Can you give our listeners a background on yourself, how you got to this point, and Nimblebox, why you founded this company? Sure. So I've been working in AI for the last five years. I did my undergraduate in India for about a couple of years before I took a transfer and studied at MIT as a special student. At MIT, I worked at MIT's Media Lab, and the year was 2015. So this is the same year the first library for AI came out, which was TensorFlow. And I got really engaged and really, really interested in working in the field of AI. After that, I came back to India, started somewhat of a replica of the Media Lab, grew that from four to 400 members, teaching them all the new technologies, like AI, AR, VR, et cetera, just like they do at Ivy Leagues in States. And what part of India for our listeners? Throughout all of India or in a certain part? Just in the South India, near Chennai. Oh, excellent. And after that, I had a short stint at Carnegie Mellon, where I worked with the Turing Award winner, Dr. Raj Reddy, where we worked on some really interesting topics in the field of biases in machine learning models, ethics in AI, and other related topics. But every time, wherever I was in my journey in undergraduate degree or working as a researcher at Carnegie Mellon, it was really, really tough to get started with AI and set up the infrastructure to be able to work in AI. So for any new person, it would take hours and hours of time to set up the infrastructure. And essentially, the idea on my mind was to bring that time down. So this was about two years ago, I took a decision to move out of States and move back to India. And I started building Nimblebox, and I've been building that for the last two years. So give our listeners an understanding of what Nimblebox is trying to do and how you're really building this developer-centric environment. Sure. So right now, what we have is a developer tool, which is a web app. So whenever you are trying to work on an AI project, uh, if it is a heavy workload, you're going to need the cloud because AI models are really computation heavy. So what you have to do is use the cloud and set up the infrastructure there. We interface that with our platform so that you don't have to learn to use the cloud at all. And we bring that setup time from hours to just minutes and few clicks so that developers can focus on the code while we take care of everything else. That on-ramping is so critical to developers. Can you talk a little bit about the development process that your team and yourself have taken to get to this point? Absolutely. So what we are seeing is that developers now come from a variety of backgrounds. Anybody who is good at advanced calculus can become a data scientist or an AI engineer. So essentially, they don't come from a heavy programming background. And we realized that pretty early. So we understood that we had to build a platform for an audience, which would make it very easy for them to just get started. So what we have done is to interface between a developer and setting up the infrastructure for AI is a single dashboard, a one-stop shop, where developers can do everything from spinning up an instance, writing the code, deploying their AI models, 
visualizing their models and collaborate with other developers. Anshuman, so what has it been like working with Intel and how does it feel to be a part of the AI Builders program? Well, to be very honest, I think it's a dream come true to be working with Intel. I have read the entire Intel story, how Andy Grove led it and the principles he built around Intel and its culture and how that has scaled across other Silicon Valley giants. So I have been a big fan of Intel since I was in high school. And now that we're working with Intel, we are getting access to the latest hardware and that is helping us understand the capabilities of AI on the Intel hardware. So the resources and the expertise we get from the teams at Intel has really made us understand the power of tools within the Intel ecosystem. Well, Anshuman, we spend a lot of time developing math libraries, new tools, and we work very closely with developers like Nimble and yourself. But, you know, one of the things that I've always found amazing is where you're able to take these math libraries. What's the importance of working with these math libraries, working with OpenVINO and other technologies to your company? Since we are more of a developer-centric platform, a lot of the developers that sign up to use Nimblebox are beginners or they're just getting started with their journey in AI. And when it comes to using or building an AI model, from day one, if they can get access to the libraries which Intel has, they will see much better improvement in their development lifecycle of AI models. So what we are doing right now is with the tools which are in the Intel ecosystem, we are making sure that developers that come and use Nimblebox get acquainted not just to the tools which are out there in the open source community, but also to the tools which Intel has built for developers. Now, when you joined the AI Builders, I think your words were, it was a dream come true. And I think the AI Builders team is amazing. And I'm so honored to have worked with them to put that program in place. And I'm glad that you're getting the value out of it. But what Nimble is trying to do is really go beyond just providing a platform. You're trying to work with developers so that they can have success in the industry on their own. Can you talk about what that developer framework means to you, your team, and where it goes in the future? Absolutely, Jake. I think that's a very, very interesting question. If we see any new technology when it comes out in the market, it follows a few steps. We saw the rise of Java in the early 2000s, and we saw a lot of people learning Java, and then applications were built, and it saw the rise of software, it saw the rise of IT services, and so on. And I think we are at the same junction where it's the same process happening, but this time it's not Java or web apps, it's actually AI. And as AI is evolving itself, it's a very research-heavy field. And as more and more people come into it, they're going to go through a phase of education. So what we believe is that for the next five years, a lot of people are going to be learning AI. There is a very interesting number which came out of Tencent where they said in 2017 that there are only 300,000 AI engineers available worldwide, but millions are needed around the world. I read that same study. I think it was like 2.7 million AI engineers are required and we have about 300,000. You're right. Yes. And so I think that once that phase is over, we will see a lot of companies trying to build the common tech stack for AI because everything is open source right now. And once that happens, we'll see mainstream adoption happening at large companies. And AI will not just become 
a feature for a product, but it will actually become a part of the architecture whenever we build almost anything in software. So talk a little bit about all the languages that your platform supports, all the workflows that you support, and why you chose to support them. I think it's very interesting because your platform is uniquely positioned in the developer community, in my opinion. And I think our listeners would be curious to try to understand the methodology that you went through. I think when somebody is getting started with their journey in AI, the last thing they want to do is make sure that all the libraries and packages are compatible in whatever environment they're using. So what we have done is based on the content they will be using, for example, if they're learning how to make a neural network. So what we usually do is we test the content ourselves and then we install all the exact libraries and packages they will need to be able to perform or build their AI model and also train it. So what we do is we pre-install the correct version of TensorFlow. We support almost everything which is out there in terms of libraries. We support PyTorch, we support Keras, TensorFlow, Cafe. And when it comes to languages, we support Python. And if some of our customers also request for R, so we have instances available for R as well. You know, it's such a wide range of languages you have available. You know, here's the question that I always ask every one of our guests. Where can we learn more about Nimblebox? So anybody can use Nimblebox. It's available on our website on nimblebox.ai. Anybody can sign up. We provide a portion of the platform for completely free so they can build their AI models, train it. And if they're doing any of their side projects, they can do it at our website. We also have a community forum. So if they would like to engage with other developers who are using Nimblebox, they can do that. We also have our own Slack and Discord channels as well. Well, Anshuman, I wouldn't be an Intel employee if I didn't ask about performance. Can you talk a little bit about the performance enhancements that your team was able to achieve while taking advantage of our second generation Xeon Scalable platform? Sure. I think a lot of developers would be surprised to know the results we have gotten using Intel toolkits. We did a study, a benchmarking study on Intel hardware for specifically training models and understanding, keeping a lot of other aspects in mind in terms of cost of hardware, the cost of installation, time it takes to train a model, and a lot of other aspects as well. So we trained about four models, the state-of-the-art YOLO V3, OpenPose, MaskRCNN, FaceNet, which are used by the industries across sectors. So we saw a significant improvement in our inference time when we were using Intel-optimized libraries for training our models. When it came to YOLO v3, we saw a two-time improvement in inference when we were using OpenVINO. When it came to OpenPose, we saw a three-time improvement. And for Mark's RCNN, we saw a nine-time improvement and a 20-time improvement when we were training a FaceNet model. And these are astonishing results. That's fantastic. <laughs> Absolutely. And a lot of the results which AI engineers get, they are really, really focusing on higher accuracies. And if they were to use OpenVINO for training their models, they would really, really be seeing a lot of improvements. You know, you guys applied the toolkits pretty adeptly. You went and applied them to specific benchmarks. You said, okay, we're going to optimize using OpenVINO. We're going to see if this 8275 Cascade Lake Platinum Xeon scalable processor 
is going to perform, and it did. Now, what does that really mean, though? So, okay, great, we get this better performance, but how does that apply to the world that I work in, the world that I live in? Most of the models which we benchmark our study on are actually used right now in the industry. So the YOLO V3 and OpenPose, all these are used in video analysis. They're used in security systems. The mask CNN model is used for self-driving cars. FaceNet as well is used for KYC, facial recognition for security systems, etc. So all these models which we have benchmarked traditional toolkits for inferencing and also open Mino optimized frameworks. If anybody today were to build an industrial application or build a startup, they should be using OpenVINO for inferencing rather than using the existing frameworks. Wow, that's quite an endorsement. Well, Anshuman, it's been a true honor, and I just want to ask you one final question. The future of AI, it's fraught with so many different complexities and intricacies and regulatory, financial modeling, ethics. Can you give our listeners an opportunity into your mind and your thoughts about the future of artificial intelligence? Sure, Jake. I think for any new innovative technology or field, we actually go for the innovation first before we start asking the ethical questions and biased-based questions. And I think the same thing has happened with AI. Since 2010, we have been just accelerating the growth of AI. And it was only recently about last three years when we actually started questioning ethics in AI modeling about biases in data sets, biases in training models. And as we evolve, we have to evolve by asking these questions. So the timing is perfectly right. A lot of people say that, you know, it's going to take away jobs, but the reality is going to create a lot of new jobs as well. So the future of AI is really bright and industry leaders like Intel are doing a great job in keeping the ecosystem really engaged and enriched with resources. Thank you, Anshuman. It's quite an honor to be able to work with somebody like yourself and with a company like Nimblebox. So on behalf of Anshuman Hendy, founder and CEO of Nimblebox AI, my name is Jake Smith, and this has been Conversations in the Cloud. Wherever you may be in the world, we wish you a good morning, good afternoon, and good night.